Welcome to the latest First Voice podcast brought to you by First Voice magazine, the official flagship magazine of the Federation of Small Businesses and the go-to podcast for news, tips and important information for all small businesses. In this episode, we will be sharing FSB's response to the announcement that national insurance contributions or NICs will rise by 1.25 percentage points from April 2022 for both employed and self-employed workers, and we will be asking what that means for you as a small business. To explore the issue, I'm joined by FSB's Alan Sodi, uh, who will help us unpick the topic. Alan, welcome. Hi, John. Good to be here. Great stuff. Look, let's um, let's get straight into this one, if we can. Um, what exactly is it that the government has announced here? Well, first of all, let's take a look at employees. So their national insurance contributions will rise. They're going to go up, as you were saying. 1.25%. But it's also going to affect employers as well, because the employer national insurance contribution rate will also rise by 1.25%. Um, the self-employed are in scope for this as well. Similarly, 1.25% up. And also the reason that the government in part, I think, is not talking about it as national insurance as such, but they're referring to it as a, a new levy, is because also they are going to clobber directors of limited companies with this as well. So it's 1.25% levy uh, for those who pay themselves mainly through dividends. Yeah, it's a complex area. What exactly do these changes look like in cash terms? Well, yeah, that's a good question because it's all very well talking percentages, but this is actual real money that is going to be going out of people's pockets and bank accounts. If we look at the employee side of things, first of all, if someone's on uh, the medium basic rate taxpayers' income of 24,100 a year. Then in the next financial year, they'll be paying an extra 180 pounds in national insurance. If someone's on the, the medium tax, higher rate taxpayers' income, 67,100 a year, then on that salary, that means they're going to be paying an extra 715 pounds a year. But then if you look at the employer side of this, let's take a a small business with, say, five employees, and each of their salaries averages out at £31,000 a year. To that employer, this change means that they're going to have to find an extra £16,500 a year to cover the increased NICs on those five employees. I mean, to put that another way, that is half a full-time salary within their business. That's why we're referring to this as a jobs tax. And if you look at the small business community, including the self-employed overall, this is actually going to be a tax grab of £5.7 billion a year from small businesses and self. Yeah, and how does, um, how does FSB feel about this? I mean, is it, is it fair to say you're not very happy about this move and, uh, and that it was something you were, you were already lobbying against? Absolutely. We think that this is completely the wrong way to do this. It's completely uh, the, the wrong tax to, to use here. And there are a number of reasons for that. And we've been ma making clear to politicians, to senior advisors in government, to ministers, making sure that the voice of small businesses and the self-employed is heard on this one. And where politicians are making this decision, they're doing it in the full knowledge of the impact that this is going to have on businesses and employees and self-employed and those who are who are paid through dividends. We've even written to every single MP to make sure that they're aware of this. We've done our own impact assessment on jobs as well, seeing as the government didn't include that in its own impact assessments. And we project that this could lead to an increase in unemployment 
of around about 50,000. And actually where the furlough scheme is about to come to an end, something unprecedented, that, that 50,000 figure could be even higher in terms of the knock-on effect for unemployment. And we have to look at the timing of this as well in the backdrop. Let's bear in mind an awful lot of small businesses in the self-employed have really, really struggled because of the business disruption and the impact on their finances during the last 18 months of, of COVID. Many are also facing rising costs at the moment with rents becoming due, business rates reliefs falling away and therefore having to pay more in business rates, rising input costs. We saw in the latest government official inflation figures that input costs are up in the course of a month about 9%. And, and I think people are really beginning to, to feel that within their businesses. And it's even beginning to cut through to customers, consumers as well. And also for those who took out emergency loans during the, the lockdowns, those are becoming due for repayment as well. So there's already an awful lot of cost pressure. You add in this extra tax, it is going to act as a disincentive to invest, a disincentive to hire more people, potentially even forcing some businesses to lose some of their staff because they can no longer afford them. And on the self-employed side, a, a disincentive for someone to start a business and extra pressure on self-employed people themselves and those who are paid mainly through dividends. Overall, it means that it is a measure that will stifle employment, stifle growth, stifle investment, and stifle that economic recovery that we so desperately need after the last days. Yeah, they're all good points, Alan, and, and clearly, you know, big detrimental impact on the small business sector. I guess the, the government, government will claim that this is essential if it's to, to fund social care requirements going forward, and I guess they'll argue that the, the money has to come from from somewhere, what would um, FSB uh, rather have seen uh, in, in terms of government looking to raise money here? Well, certainly no, very few would argue that there are not significant problems within the social care sector and that, that reform is needed. And actually, some urgent help needed now to cover what is a, a staffing crisis in that sector. And, and this measure that's been announced, this tax hike, will do nothing to help that action. And there is a way in which it may actually make it even Worse, because those who work in the sector will see their national insurance contributions go up while not necessarily getting a pay rise. And businesses themselves who run care homes and, and are care providers will also have to see this increase if they employ staff through the employer side of, of national insurance. So it, it doesn't even make sense in that way, in, in that it could damage it. When, when governments have to raise money, they, they have a range of options open to them. and. For example, income tax could have been considered instead in this particular case. Where we think this is absolutely wrong is that economic impact that it will have and the way that it will hold back jobs and, and potentially lead to unemployment going up by 50,000 and maybe. Yeah, absolutely. You alluded um, to this a little bit in your, your earlier response around the challenges that we've seen during the pandemic. But is there a feeling here as well that many of those that are being punished that being hit with this uh, additional cost are also the, the the same small businesses, sole traders, um, and people that, that that feel like they received inadequate support during parts of the pandemic. You know, uh, many of those small businesses and sole traders that felt that, that that some of the support measures that were brought in weren't really appropriate or adequate for them. Well, let's start with the, the dividend side of this, and uh, those who are going to have to be paying that directors of limited companies, that was the biggest group who was left out of any government financial support 
during the course of, of the lockdowns. Yeah. And, and and it seemed deliberately so because at FSB, we joined with some other organisations and experts. We put forward concrete, really well thought through proposals of how that crew could have been given financial help and that was dismissed by the Treasury. And so having been left out, you can understand that there will be people who, who, who are affected by the dividends part of this who didn't receive COVID financial support who will be feeling pretty hard done by with that. But even more generally, bear in mind how hard small businesses have worked to keep going through this pandemic, many of them showing tremendous innovation in changing their businesses to adapt so that they can survive, so that they can keep jobs in the economy, and many of them helping local communities as well in all sorts of ways. And having done that, having gone through all of that, having had all that stress apart from anything else, as well as the financial impact, to just get to the point where they're hoping that things are going to begin to recover and start to feel better. And along comes the government to say, you know, we're going to whack you with a big tax hike. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and what do small business owners do now? What can they do in response to this? What, what, what steps do you advise they take? Well, of course, there's, there's the practical and administrative stuff to make sure that they're doing what they need to do to be compliant and to do the relevant paperwork uh, to make sure that, that things are adjusted so that they are paying the correct level of national insurance. Some will have accountants who they will uh, do that for them. But I think on the broader point where we're talking about the extra costs that they will face, these are substantial sums, but particularly for those businesses where their, their cash reserves have been exhausted over the last 18 months and where they have got these extra cost pressures coming to bear that I've been talking about. And so if if people have a business continuity plan, which is always recommended, hopefully within that there is a contingency of what would I do if in effect uh, my income was going down or I had to had an unexpected extra significant cost. If people haven't got that business continuity plan, it's important to start thinking about the finances and how they're going to bear this and how, how they're going to cover it, how they suddenly go to find 15 thousand pounds in that example that i gave of a, a business with five employees on a thirty-one thousand salary and what about fsb what does fsb do from here well we will still be absolutely talking to politicians the senior advisors and so on to, to keep up the pressure to make sure that they know the impact this is going to have we've been highlighting to them uh this impact on jobs and, and employment because of course that impacts the amount of tax take that goes into the treasury. The more people are out of work, then the, the less tax receipts are, are, are coming into the treasury. So that's another point. And we will continue to, to see what can be done if this is going through to try and find some mitigations, at least for some at the small business end. And one thing that we absolutely want to see, and we have talked to government about time and time again, and we will absolutely be pushing this in, in the weeks and months to come, is that we want to see an, a further increase in the employment allowance uh, for smaller employers. And then that still won't completely offset this, but it would at least be some sort of mitigation. And, you know, the government has said in recent days that about 40% of small businesses are not in scope for any increase as a result of this, this tax rise or levy or whatever it is that it's being called. Actually, when you take into account the full small business community and including self-employed as well, it's only about 10% who are not in scope for this under our calculations. So 90% of small business owners and self-employed are actually in scope. That's a compelling message, Alan, and I think it's uh, it's a good note to, to leave this topic on for now. Um, I'd just like to thank you for joining us and, uh, and lending your, your expertise around this topic. At short notice, um, I think it was really, 
really helpful. Uh, and thank you also to our audience for, for listening. While I have your attention, I'd just like to remind you that you can subscribe to the First Voice podcast to receive regular updates uh, and guidance on the big issues affecting small businesses. And do please also remember that you can find a whole host of additional webinars, podcasts, and other content on the First Voice website at firstvoice.fsb.org.uk. Many thanks.